0: Okay, everyone,
1: welcome back. We are actually uh, re-recording our second uh, in our series of Eretz Yisrael and Me, a continued exploration and perhaps an introduction for personal expor- exploration into our relationship with the land of Israel, which, <clears throat> which we call in dearly, endearingly Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel. And for us, to each and every one of us, to try to ask ourselves the question, what does Eretz Yisrael mean to me personally? What does it mean to me personally? What have I learned about it? What is my personal connection to it? Do I live there? Do I visit there? Do I think about it? Is it hummus and (laughs) shawarma? Is it Israeli flags? Is it the military strength? Is it the politics? So for each and every one of us, maybe to take a minute before we enter into this world and look at the sources, for each and every one of us to take a minute and think about, so what is Eretz Yisrael to me? We signed up for this class. We're doing this class together. We're doing this workshop together. What is Eretz Yisrael to me? Whatever comes to my mind, I'll take a minute. Some of you suggested that going to Eretz Yisrael, going to Israel, means to join a community of people that are yearning, okay? To be together with other like-minded people, to be together with other people of our, our faith, to be together with brothers and sisters, to be home, to be in a place where my soul is aligned with the heartbeat of what's going on in Israel, okay? All beautiful ideas all part of the picture. To be in a place that feels familiar, yeah. I think for many of us that have learned in seminaries or yeshivas, connect to Eretz Yisrael in a way where some of the more transformative times of our lives took place there. So There's almost this like conditioned response we have to Eretz Yisrael, oh, that's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful time. And some of us have chosen to make our lives there. So the question really for us is, what what is Eretz Yisroel? What does it mean to us? So we're going to go through the sources, keeping in mind that we're not really professing to offer answers here. It's really more about getting us to think. So... If you walk out of this class having more things to think about as opposed to having more answers, more things to wonder about and be curious about, as opposed to feeling like you have more knowledge, then I've succeeded (laughs) in, uh, in presenting this workshop. So let's go through some of the sources, keeping in mind this question, so what does Eretz Yisrael mean to me? And in order to do that, we'll just review very briefly what we did. In our first class, in our first workshop, we opened up this question of physical space. What is the significance of physical space? What does a place mean? We identified that one of the names of God is Hamakom, the place, because all space that exists in the universe is found, tucked into the place of godliness, that somehow God contains all of reality, even finite reality, and that God, even though God is completely unknowable and not finite in any way, God is not called space, but God is called place. Place is a defined area, that somehow Hashem is considered to be a defined being that contains all of reality, even oblivion, even hell. And we took it a step further with that Svasamis that says that Ein the Mishnah teaches us that there is no place, there is no thing that doesn't have its own place. Don't defile anything because there is no thing that doesn't have its place. And the Svasamis explains that to mean that the place of a thing is the inner life force of that thing. Even a domain, even a rock, even a stone, even earth, which seems to be dead, which seems to have no life force, at best its life force is to cultivate greenery, to cultivate someach, even stones, as that story from the original that we talked about, even stones have a life force in it. And in the language of the Svasemes, even ra, even evil, has some cords that continue to connect it, some umbilical cord that continues to connect it to holiness, to kedusha, the chiyos, the inner soulfulness that exists in all of creation is called its place, its makom. And so if we want to truly feel comfortable anywhere, our job is to feel comfortable within. The more I feel comfortable within, the less I have anxiety about where I am. Of course, that doesn't mean that we we can feel safe in in bad neighborhoods per se, but what it does mean is is that when I am experiencing FOMO, let's say, a fear of missing out, I'm not in the right place, so to speak, my job is not to necessarily think about where else I could be, but my job is to go within and find that where I am is exactly where I am. (laughs) How I am and my connection to my own chius, my own life force, that's where I meant to be. So this begs the question what is the significance of a geographical place called Eretz Yisrael? Perhaps Eretz Yisrael is uh, meant to be just a figment of our imagination. Maybe I just need to meditate. And who cares about Eretz Yisrael itself? Maybe Eretz Yisrael is not uh, holy in and of itself. Or perhaps the opposite. Maybe the whole idea of being able to tune in, as the Svasema says, to my own chiyos, my own sense of self. Maybe there's something missing there. Maybe I'm not doing enough if I'm not in Eretz Yisrael. So let's go through some of the sources and let's see in what way we can uh, think about these questions with some education. So let's go to source number one. So we begin with a teaching from Rav Shlomo Alkabetz. Rav of course, was the author of L'Chadodi. L'Chadodi is the, is the traditional song that is sung in order to receive the Shabbos, in order to mark our entrance into Shabbos, or really the entrance of Shabbos into our lives. Rav Shlomo lived during the times of the Beis Yosef, of Yosef Karo, who was the author, of course, of the Shulchan Aruch live lived together at the same time in Svas, in the early 16th century, 15th and 16th century. And um, this is a quote from the Sefer from from Shlomo Alkabetz. Many think, this is again my English translation of it, many think that the loftiness of Eretz Yisrael is when the Jewish nation resides in Eretz Yisrael. And that this loftiness disappears when the Jewish people are not there. That somehow, the, the, element, the elements of Eretz Yisrael, the essence of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, is that since it is the structure that is meant to contain the Jewish people, it's the homeland of the Jewish people, it is the four worlds of where the Jewish people are meant to be, that in and of itself it has no holiness, but its holiness is defined by when Jewish people are there. So that the loftiness, the kedusha, the mila of Eretz Yisrael is when the Jewish nation resides in Eretz Yisrael. And that when the Jewish nation is not in Eretz Yisrael, then the loftiness, the holiness, the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is gone. Many people think that, he says. And this, he writes, is a big mistake. You should know he says that the fullness of Eretz Yisrael, the Shleimus of Eretz Yisrael, the completeness, the complete embodied Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is in itself mamish. That means that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, is not dependent on who's there, but the holiness of Eretz Yisrael is in and of itself. Why? He writes because Eretz Yisrael is the first thing in the universe to be created. Eretz Yisrael is the first thing in the universe to be created. That comes from a Mishnah in Yoma. The Mishnah teaches us that when the Aaron was taken out of the Besan Mikdash, when the Aaron was taken out of the Kodesh HaKadashim at the end of the first korban that they discovered underneath the Aron, underneath the Holy Ark, they discovered a stone that is called the Evan Shasiyah, right? That's the dome of the rock, is the building that was built over the rock. That rock, that stone, which in our tradition, as well as in the Muslim tradition and, and, and in the Christian tradition, this stone, which is almost universally accepted amongst the religionists, That that stone was the stone that God created first when he created the universe. That the first material object to appear in creation was that stone. And from that stone, the Gemara teaches us, Hashem continued to spread out all material and corporal reality. That all physicality that exists in this world began with the creation of that stone. And that everything that exists in reality, the Gemara says, comes physically from that stone. The pebbles of that stone, the energy of that stone contains within it the ingredients that all of material reality was created
0: from. As as a side note,
1: studying even the most elementary understanding of Kabbalah of Jewish mysticism. We recognize that everything happens in a process. That first we plant a seed, and then we put water in, and then we put uh, sun, we put it into the sun, the sun shines its rays down, and slowly, slowly the seed starts to break apart and, and begins to sprout and grow, and eventually we end up with a fruit. Even though, In the creation narrative, in the beginning of Parshas Barashas, it seems to be that Hashem simply just created chickens and he created fruit and he created reality the way we know it, the way it seems to be. The mystics, the Makubalam, explain that creation happens in a process. So that first God created a stone, first God created a particle of reality, And from that particle of reality, he extended that particle and spread that particle out in order to create the rest of reality. So let's go back to Rabsleim Alkavits. You should know that the fullness of Eretz Yisrael is in in itself mamish, because it was the first thing in the universe to be created. The first thing in in the universe to be created means that that stone contains within it the first moment, the first. Aspect of creation, and all of creation flows from that. That means that everything that exists comes from that. And as we know, the first of everything contains the most holiness of everything. So that means that that stone contains within it the holiness of all of creation. That's what that's what al Alkabetz is telling us. You would think that Eretz Yisrael is simply a physical place for us. To be. When we're there, then the home gets turned on, the lights get turned on, the holiness is activated. And when we're not there, the holiness goes to sleep and it's not really holy in and of itself. That Eretz Yisrael without the Jewish people is like a goof without an neshama, a body without a soul. Says so of Sham Alchibis, that's a big mistake. You should know that the fullness of Eretz Yisrael is, is hidden in Eretz Yisrael itself. So that's number one, that's source number one for us to understand that the holiness of Eretz Yisrael is not dependent on the Jewish people being there. It is not dependent on what the Jewish people do. It is, in and of itself, an an essential piece of holiness because that is where the rest of the world was
0: created from.
1: Essentially, for us to think about. The Gemara teaches us that when Mashiach comes, Eretz Yisrael is going to spread out and the entire earth is going to be considered Eretz Yisrael. It's another way of saying what we're learning here, that when Mashiach comes, everything is going to go back to its source. And since the source of all of planet earth and really all of the universe comes from That stone, which is the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, since everything comes from that place, when Mashiach comes, everything is going to return to that place. That means that the entire universe is going to be elevated to the madrega of Eretz Yisrael, whatever that means. We haven't yet seen what that means, but that's the first source. Okay, let's move on.
0: We move on to the next source from Rav Kook.
1: We can't, no one really can begin to learn the Sugya, the story of Eretz Israel, if we don't learn the first few paragraphs, the first few chapters in Rav Cook's seminal Sefer Orot, I raised the way that I was raised. So says Rav Cook in the fir- very first chapter of the Sefer Orot. And again, we'll just read the English translation. Eretz Yisrael, he says, is not an external thing. It is not just an external piece of land that a nation can acquire, right? That's what we were just learning. It's not simply a place for us to be. It is also, he says, not just a way to achieve unity on a national level, It is not simply a way to just achieve a general sense of unity or the strengthening of our nation's material or even our spiritual health. In other words, Eretz Yisrael is not just the place for us to go to buy a land so that we can go home. It is not just the place for us to be together so that we can call the land uh, our home and be together with other of our brothers and sisters. It is also not just a place for us to have a, an, an internal network of material wealth and health. And it is also not just a place for us to improve our spirituality. It's not, not those things, but that's not the defining aspect of Eretz Yisrael, says Riff Cook. Eretz Yisrael, he says, is a domain that is in its essence a part of our nation itself. Eretz Yisrael is bound and connected with a vibrant connection. That means that there's a, there really is a umbilical cord that connects the, the, the nation of the Jewish people to Eretz Yisrael, an umbilical cord that is continuously pumping life back and forth. There is a continuous, deep, deep connection that Eretz Yisrael has with the nation of the Jewish people clutching our nation's essence, completely entwined and interconnected with a deep intrinsic quality. So says of Cook. Eretz Yisrael is not simply a land for us to go to. It's not simply a, the Jewish people want a homeland, they go to Eretz Yisrael. It's also not about improving our unity. It should be about that, but it's not about that. It's not about just a place for us to go to become spiritually closer to God. It is not just the place for us to go to daven et Kfarim. It is not just the place for us to call our homeland and be excited about the beauty of the land of Eretz Yisrael because Hashem said it was a beautiful place. No, Eretz Yisrael is a domain. It is it is an existence in reality that is a in its essence, a part of our nation itself. In some kind of weird way, there's, again, we see this often with Rav Cook's writings, because he's such a poet. There's a cross-dimensional relationship. It's not just that I have a relationship with Eretz Yisrael, it's that somehow the earthy land of Eretz Yisrael is connected to the very human existence of the Jewish people. It is therefore impossible, writes of Cook, to fully grasp the quality of holiness that is, our, that is Eretz Yisrael and to actualize the depths of our love for her in any intellectual, rational way. It is not possible to fully grasp the, the holiness and to actualize the depths of our love for her simply by knowing about, simply by thinking about and simply arguing and debating and rationalizing about Eretz Yisrael. You can't fully grasp the holiness of Eretz Yisrael or the love for Eretz Yisrael if you're just going to talk about it intellectually, which is why we're doing this. It's not just about the intellectual knowledge of what is the Indian of Eretz Yisrael. It is only through the Ruach Hashem, it is only through the divine spirit that rests on the nation as a whole, through the spiritual nature that's ingrained in the very nature of the soul of the Jewish people. It is only through there that a person can intuit the Kedusha, the holiness, and the love for Eretz Yisrael. Again, since there's a real deep connection between the very soul of Eretz Yisrael and the very soul of the Jewish nation, you can't just talk about it. You can't just intellectually, rationally know it. You have to experience it. The only way you can know about the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is by experiencing it. It is only through the divine spirit that rests on the nation as a whole, through the very fiber of our own nature, as individuals and as a people, that we can tune into and understand the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Because if I can't know the Kedusha of myself, if I can't experience that makom, as the Sfas Emes was talking about, if I can't experience that space within, which is called my own chiyus, my own aliveness, if I can't feel my aliveness as being directly a result of the Spirit of God within me, I can't know the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Because the portal, the door, that connects me to Eretz Yisrael, says Rav Kook, is The Ruach Hashem Asher Al HaUma beklala, the the Spirit of God that rests on the nation itself and that is also infusing all of reality, that is infusing all of the Jewish people, that holy spiritual spirit, that soulful spirit that is infusing and sits at the seat of my life, of my chiyos, of my vibrancy, my rutzon, my will, That is where I can find the connection to Eretz Yisrael. So that means if I were to tune into the essence of who I am, somewhere, somehow, there's a door within that place of the essence of who I am. In my makom, there's a door leading into Eretz Yisrael. Let's let's wrap our heads around this very, very deeply. Eretz Yisrael is not just a place, a physical place in this universe. Eretz Yisrael, inside the earth of Eretz Yisrael, inside the very nature of the creation of Eretz Yisrael, the existence of Eretz Yisrael, inside there, there is a portal into the dimension of humanity called Klal Yisrael. And inside my own inner world and your own inner world, inside the essence of what I am, there is a door, there is a portal that leads me directly to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is both a physical place that exists on the map, a geographical country, and at the same time Eretz Yisrael is also in its heart a place within me as a human being. Let's move on, it says of Cook to continue this thought. The thought that the land of Israel merely has an external value, which only serves the purpose of uniting the nation. Even if the unification, even if the getting together, even if Chal got together in Eretz Yisrael for the sake of enabling the Jewish idea in exile, even if we unify in Eretz Yisrael for the sake of enhancing Yiddishkeit, even if the unification is for the sake of enabling the Jewish idea in exile, of guiding its character, of strengthening faith and reverence of God and the strengthening of the performance of mitzvahs in their proper form, that thought, the thought that the land of Israel merely has an external value of enhancing Yiddishkeit and enhancing Jewish life, this thought does not produce the kind of outcome that is worthy of describing Eretz Yisrael. Because this foundation, this idea that Eretz Yisrael exists just to enhance what he's calling the externalities, that Eretz Yisrael exists just to bring us together, just to enhance a Jewish idea, just to give the Jews in exile something to think about, just to give the Jews in Eretz Yisrael something to uh, uh, inspire them. This idea is rotten compared to the holy strength of the land of Eretz Yisrael. True chizuk of Judaism in exile will only come from a deep immersion in Eretz Yisrael. So, says Rav
0: Cook a few things. Let's just take this apart. Let's just take this apart.
1: Eretz Yisrael is a part of the Jewish nation, it's a physical place that is also alive with the same soul that we as a nation have. If we were to strip everything about our psyches away and everything about our bodies away, and we were to try to get close, as close as we can, to that little spark of life that exists within, that is that holy piece of godliness that is put inside of me, and I were to capture and be able to look and see what is that soul, what is that essence of my life force, I will see Eretz Yisrael. And the same thing is true. If I were to go into Eretz Yisrael and I were to dig into the Evan Shasia, into that core of reality, of the physical, material earthiness of Eretz, of the physical earth, and I were to discover the root of what all that is, what is the beating heart of Eretz Yisrael, I will see the nation of Israel. So that's number one. That's point number one from Rav Cook. Point number two, we can only get to its holiness, we can only get to appreciate its beauty through experiencing the soul within us. I can't know about my soul. I can only experience it. I can't know about Eretz Yisrael. I can only experience it. So I can only get to the holiness and the love for Eretz Yisrael through intuition. Through experiencing the soul within us and the soulful energy that's been given to the Jewish nation, and finally,
0: the second source from Rav Cook on this on this list,
1: Rav Cook writes the interconnection between the division of the lands of Eretz Yisrael and the rules surrounding conquering it. Again, this is a, 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 a completely new source from Rav Cook. It's found in Shmona Kvatzim somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where, but I've seen it quoted in a few places, but with different different references. I haven't found the exact source of this. But Rav Cook writes, the specific connection that we have to the mitzvah of conquering Eretz Yisrael and occupying it and dividing it up amongst the shvatim so that each one has their own chalak, that whole story of conquering the land of Israel
0: and building it up,
1: that idea, that part of our relationship to Eretz Israel destroys the idealism of Eretz Israel and it destroys its holiness. Therefore, the Kahanim and Levim do not have a portion in the dividing up of the land and its spoils because the practical aspects of conquering Israel. And building the land itself is a distraction from its the, uh, its idealism and its holiness. I'm not, Shalom, suggesting in any way, shape, or form that there isn't something magnificent and something holy about the state of Israel. I'm not going there. That's not what I'm saying. What Rav Kook is teaching us is, is that that holiness does not compare anywhere. That's just a step. It's a step in the Getting to the close, the it's get, it's a step closer to getting to the idealism of what
0: the real holiness of Eretz Yisrael is. So, if a Jew wants
1: to know what is a physical manifestation of my soul, of course, Torah mitzvahs. If you feel something holy, if you're moved to something holy, take action on that on that holiness and express something holy. Do a mitzvah. Pray to God. Do something nice for someone else. If you're moved to holiness, express the holiness for sure, and express it in a practical way. But if you want to know where there where there is a true representation of my soul, the physical representation of the soul of the Jewish people is the land of Israel. That's Eretz Israel. That's that's the, That's what Rav Kook is trying to teach us. That's what he's trying to express. And that's for us what we need to know. So again, to go back, the first source that we're learning is don't think that the land of Israel is simply a physical being that when the Jewish people are there, it is now holy because the Jewish people are there. That's a bad idea. That's a mistake. Why? Because the creation of the world began in Eretz Israel. All creation is simply a manifestation of that point in Eretz Yisrael, which is the center of the universe, and so the holiness of Eretz Yisrael is in and of itself. Now, Rav Kuk is extending this, and he's explaining how that is. He's, he's explaining what we learned in this piece from Oslo Malkevitz, and that is that the soul of the nation of Israel and the soul of the land of Eretz Yisrael is one and the same. And the only way to get into the soul of the nation and the only way to get into the soul of Eretz Yisrael is through both. One leads to the other because they're both essentially the same thing. Eretz Yisrael is in and of itself part of the Jewish people and the Jewish people are manifested, the manifestation of the the soul of the Jewish people is Eretz Yisrael, okay? Let's keep going. Yeah? There's a lot here. There's a lot of ideas here. But we're really trying to get to uh, the next two sources in order for us to make this a little bit more practical. Writes from Moshe Wolfson. It appears, he says, that Eretz Yisrael mirrors the land of heaven. Eretz Elyonah. Eretz Yisrael, the land of Eretz Yisrael, mirrors the Eretz Yonah, which simply means that in Shemayim, in heaven, in the, in the spiritual spheres, in the mystical worlds, there isn't just heaven.
0: There's also the heaven of earth.
1: Within heaven, there's earth also. But let's see what he says. It appears that Eretz Yisrael mirrors the land of heaven. And this, that, it says, kol Yisrael yesh haba, right? You say this right at the beginning of learning Perkei Avos, all Jewish people have a part in the world to come. All Jewish people have a part in that world of o'olam haba, which is called the Eretz Yona, the land that means some kind of physical reality that's just in the mystical realms, which is what we're promised. When we do good, so to speak, when we come up to Olam Haba, Olam Haba doesn't just mean a time in the future, Olam Haba means the world that exists, that is always in a state of coming, always in a state of becoming Olam Haba, the world that is always in a state of becoming, that means that it's all open to opportunities, Everything is always growing, right? Like we said, Evan Shasia, everything grows, everything's expanding, everything is manifesting, everything is growing. That's the world of Eilim Haba. All Jewish people have a part in Eilim Haba because it says, kulam arets." You are a nation of righteous ones, forever inheriting the land. So, says Rav Wolfson, this refers to Eretz Yisrael, just as it refers to Eilim Haba. Like, like Tosef says, whoever walks for Amos and Eretz Yisrael is promised a place in Olam Haba. Why, says Revol- says Wolfson? Because every Jewish person has four Amos and Eretz Yisrael. Amech kulam You are a nation that is filled with tzadikim. And therefore, kol Yisrael yesh La Eretz Eretz Yisrael is somehow the same root of Olam Haba, the same way that, Eretz, that, that Olam Haba is the place where we receive all the goodness, all that's promised to us. Olam Haba is the world where things are manifested, where things are, are full, where things grow, where there's Shleimus. Eretz Yisrael mirrors Olam Haba. Kol Yisrael Haba. And so it's the tzidkus of the Jewish nation that gives us connection to Eretz Yisrael and to Eilam Haba. It's the same thing, says Rav wolfson Because every Jewish person has Dalad Amas in Eretz Yisrael. And again, again, to tuck this back into what we were talking about last time, the idea of makom, the idea of having a place, Having a place means that my existence is connected to the life force of God. My existence is connected to the life force of God. If my existence is connected to the life force of God, then I have a place. Then my place is where I am. The Gemara teaches us that every Jewish person has dalad al dalad amas. The Gemara recognizes personal space. Every person has a surrounding diameter of 4 amos that surrounds them wherever they go that dollar amos is the 4 amos of eretz yisrael if i am connected to again we're 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 cross we're crossing dimensions here <clears throat> according to rev wolfson every jewish person has dollar amos in eretz yisrael that doesn't mean just physically that there's a a place in Eretz, it does mean that there's a place in Eretz soul that, that I can call my own, <clears throat> like my makam kavua, so to speak. But in some kind of dimension-altering way, when I am in my dalar amos, when I am in my space, and I am connected deeply to my own soul, when I am connected to my own sidkus, amech kulam tzaddikum, when I am connected to that part of me, that unchangeable, immovable, non-flexible, powerful life force of godliness that exists inside of me, when I am tuned into that place, I am now in my own Dalar Amos. I am living in my own Dalar Amos. And that's what it means that I have a chilek in Eretz Yisrael. It's both physically to be in Eretz Yisrael and also to know that when I am aligned with my essence, then I am living Eretz Yisrael and that, of course, brings us to the last source. This comes from the Basayin, who also was, was a tzaddik that lived in Tzvas, maybe 200 years, a little bit more than 200 years after Shlomo Alkabetz. And here, it really brings us to the culmination of this entire discussion. So the Basayin in Parshas Devarim, which we usually lay right before Tishabav, the Basayin uh Is suggesting a connection between three, again, three different dimensions, but it's really collapsed all together into one. So I don't have the the quote here in Hebrew. This is the translation, the literal translation of what the Basayan writes. Shabbos, he writes, Shabbos is the inner point of the entire week, is the Nukuda panimis. Now again, the point, point doesn't just mean a period. A point means the period. From which everything is expanded, from like the Evan Shasil, like we were talking about there, a small little nukuda, small little point that is beating with the vibrant heartbeat of whatever is is coming out of it. Shabbos is the inner point of the entire week because on Shabbos, God sends down all of His energy to Earth for the entire week. The week really, really, uh, in Panemius, In depth, the week goes from Wednesday till Tuesday night. The week begins on Wednesday morning and ends on Tuesday night. Shabbos is the middle of the week. Shabbos is not the end of the week. Shabbos is the middle of the week. From Wednesday until Shabbos, we're preparing to receive the energy of Shabbos. And from Shabbos until Tuesday night, where we are expressing that energy and using that energy to enhance our lives. Because on Shabbos, God sends down all of his energy to earth for the entire week. So Shabbos is the Nekudah of the whole week. And so too, says the Vasayan, Eretz Yisrael is the inner point of the entire universe. And Yerushalayim and the Bais HaMikdash and the Kodesh HaKadashim is the inner points of Eretz Yisrael. Again, that little point in the Eben Shashiyah that is the first essence of creation expands into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which expands into the Beis HaMikdash, which expands into Yushalayim, which expands to Eretz Yisrael, which expands to the entire universe. Eretz Yisrael is the inner point of the entire universe. And Yushalayim and the Bais HaMikdash and the Kodesh HaKadashim is the inner point of Eretz Yisrael. And this is the entire uh, shir, the entire workshop is based around this next sentence. Because that is where God sends down all holy energy for the entire universe. All the Kedusha that exists in this world is sent down to Eretz Yisrael. And from Eretz Yisrael, it's spread out and expressed out to the entire universe. And the third thing he says here, and the Jewish nation is the inner point of all the nations of the world. And these three things, Shabbos, Eretz Yisrael, and the Jewish people are the primary creations of God. Shabbos, Eretz Yisrael, and the Jewish people. Shabbos is the time, Eretz Yisrael is the place, the Jewish people is the who, Olam Shana Nefesh. That means that the Jewish people are Shabbos. Shabbos is Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is the Jewish people, Eretz Yisrael is Shabbos. It's all one and the same. And so, if we were to look at it in the way, in the words of the Basayin, to understand this entire thought that we're going through to express now. It is to say, like this any moment of inspiration that I might feel, any moment of holiness I might experience, any attempt at living my life in a healthy, good way, any moment where I might see a glimpse of godliness, any moment that I am attempting to heal myself and grow myself and expand my own existence. Any moment that I feel truly alive, etc., etc., etc. Any
0: one of those moments, as a Jew,
1: the inner point of that moment is Eretz Yisrael, because all godliness that is sent down to this universe is sent down first to Eretz Yisrael, and from there it's spread out. That is where God sends down all the holy energy for the entire universe. All Kedusha, all Chias, all that exists in this world, just like Shabbos is the center point of the entire week, Eretz Yisrael is the center point for all of Kedusha. So the question becomes for all of us, whether we're sitting in New York or in Nebraska or in Australia, wherever we might be, The question becomes What does it mean to me that Eretz Yisrael is the place that Hashem sends all Kedusha into in order for it to get to me? What does it mean to me that all Kedusha I can experience and try to actualize is intrinsically part of Eretz Yisrael? What does that mean to me? For many of us, this might be a foreign concept, but the question really is What Is it about Kedusha, about my own life, my own experience? If I have a moment of gratitude and I experience some some hand of God that has made my life and improved my life a little bit better, right? If I stick my hand in my pocket and I come out with a nickel and I really wanted a dime, the Gemara says, that's Ashkakha Pratas. But if I stick my hand in my pocket and I wanted a dime and I pull out a dime, That's Hashem sending me a message. Hey, I'm with you. I'm helping you. I'm here with you. That story is connected to Eretz Yisrael. I cannot get that without the conduit of Eretz
0: Yisrael. So my question, my
1: questions for us to think about, to work on here and now before we end this uh, discussion. So what does this mean? Simple. What does it mean to me that Eretz Yisrael and Kedusha are, are inextric- inextricably connected that I cannot receive anything godly if it didn't come through Eretz Yisrael. What does that mean? There is no Kedusha that can exist on planet earth that doesn't come through the inner point of earth, which is Eretz Yisrael.
0: What does that mean? What does that mean to me? Yeah. <laughs> Second question, holy people, second question. Have I ever tasted that place within me that is called Eretz Yisrael? What does it feel like? What sensations do I feel? And if I don't feel it, how might I cultivate it? And if I do feel it, how might I grow? Because the beauty of Eretz Yisrael
1: is not in what it offers me, but the beauty of Eretz Yisrael is because it's a part of me. And so going there physically and going there spiritually both contain
0: something good for me.
1: So have I ever tasted Eretz Yisrael within me? Have I ever smelled or felt a vibration
0: inside of me that felt Eretz Dick? How can I rediscover that or perhaps discover that for the first time? My bracha to all of us is that we
1: each continue on this journey of discovering Eretz Yisrael, and may Hashem decide that instead of us needing to work to discover it, but that He wants to bring it to us with the coming of Mashiach. B'marbi
0: amenu.